Hello. Welcome to Remember When. I'm your host, Carl Schulteis. UMGA-TV and the Historical Society are continuing this series as an oral history project of life and community in Upper Marion Township. In their own words, we want the people who live the history of the township to tell us about that history. This edition features Joe Rose Clifton. She shares with us her experiences of growing up in the neighboring communities of Maniunk and Phoenixville, and then later moving to Upper Marion Township with her husband, Bob. Let's sit back and listen to Joe Rose, Remember When. Mm-hmm. Joe Rose, thanks for coming by today. And You're welcome. I'm going to be anxious to talk to you for a second. Uh, we uh, had an opportunity to uh, interview your husband, Bob, mm-hmm. but now we're going to get what really happened, right? <laughs> no. uh, where, where were you born, Joe Rose? I was born, as a matter of fact, in Maniunk, in my grandmother's house. We lived up the street a little ways in Roxborough, but in those days, when you had a baby, you went back to your mom's. Right. And I was born in my grandmother's house in Maniunk. Mm-hmm. How long did you live there? Uh, in Roxburgh, we lived there till my father worked for, the, worked for the Phoenix Iron and Steel Company. And their main office was in Philadelphia. Then they decided to bring it out to where the steel was made. So we had to move to Phoenixville. And of course, my mother, being a city girl, was very upset. She thought the roads were going to be made of dirt, which they were not. But uh, we moved up there in, uh, when I was about eight years old. And then how long did you live in Phoenixville? Oh, I lived in Phoenixville till I was uh, uh, in sixth grade. And then we moved across the bridge to Montclair. Okay, where did you go to school at that time? I went to school, elementary school in Montclair. Mm-hmm. But we walked to Phoenixville junior high and senior high. Mm-hmm. And in those days, there were no school buses. You just parent pointed that direction and off you went. Mm-hmm. And it was about four miles to the junior high. Well, that was a so, good hike in the morning. Huh? Yeah, but I walked with a group of girls. We laughed and talked and froze and whatever, mm-hmm. but I didn't really mind yeah. it. Didn't think a yeah. thing of it. Yeah. And uh, then after you were in Phoenix, Phoenixville, mm-hmm. or, what happened then? Then Bob moved in. I worked for AP DeSalle, as did Bob. They made grinding wheels. And this is in Phoenixville? In Phoenixville, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were in the production control department. And I used to trace the orders where they were in the plant, whether they were poured yet or whether they were drying or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he changed jobs and he was going to be taking the train down to Philadelphia. He went to work for a trade association company, which was very exciting. Mm-hmm. And we moved down and built our house in, in Upper Berrien, but it's, we have a wing post office work. So far out of the township almost. Yeah, but what year was that? Uh, in 53. 1953. Mm-hmm. Married in 52. Okay. Moved there in 50. Mm-hmm. So, well, in 1953, uh, the, whereabouts in, in the township did you move? We moved. We, my father in law built that house. Mm-hmm. He was a builder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he built the house and we moved into it. We've yeah, been there ever since. Yeah. What, what community is that in? What? Colonial Village, Colonial yeah. Village. Yeah, the okay. association there was Colonial Village. Village. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that time, what was Colonial Village like? Oh, it was a great neighborhood. There were kids in every house as the neighborhood that I had grown up in Phoenixville. And it just happened that we had this huge backyard. There were an acre of lots, but our yard was just a perfect shape for a baseball diamond. And when we were in there, just a few months in spring came was a knock on the front door, and I opened the door, and there were the two little girls there. And the one little girl, her hand in her hand, she was about seven, and said, do you know you built your house on our baseball field? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I felt yeah. so terrible. <laughs> but because it was the shape it was, it was where all the kids mm-hmm. came to play, right. which having five of my own, I didn't mind at all. Right. And they also told me that they used to go to the post office, which, if you recall, was on the corner of 202 and South Gulf Road, where the plaza begins now. Right. And they used to go there on their pony cart. Oh. Can you picture kids on a pony right. cart going on 202? That was quite a ride from Colonial <laughs> Village, wasn't it? Uh, not really. No? You just come up to where the golf course begins and then come right down to where the mailbox, or the post office was. It's not a long ride at all. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't want my kids doing it on a pony no. cart. <laughs> <laughs> But then, no. of course, the township became very more populated. And right. 
Well, um, <clears throat> what was 202 like at that time? It was nothing like it is today, traffic-wise. Nothing. There was traffic on it, of course, but there weren't as many homes because, like, we were here when all those developments right. around the junior high and all were put up. So it did get busier and busier and busier. Mm -hmm. And we picked that spot, that area, because it was close to the suburban train. Yeah. Was the, the King of Prussia Inn active at that time when you still No, were? King of no. Prussia Inn was closed. It was closed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, not quite that old. No. 75 well, and still going, but not no, that old. The, well, that was, it was, it was around that time that they was closed. Mm -hmm. was, oh, really? Yeah, that was written uh -huh. in, the, in the 1950s, early 1950s. Do you remember that old house that sat where the Gerard Bank is now? It used to be the township building. Oh, yes. And we had to climb up these stairs because the auditorium was on the second floor and the wooden steps had actually had ridges in them yeah. where people would step. <laughs> That's yeah. so funny. Well, that was the old Union School. Oh, was it a school? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was well-worn. I was, uh, <laughs> I, would, I would see the crowds get in there. I was thinking, is this building going to stay? <laughs> <laughs> or will the floor get away tonight? <laughs> right. <laughs> and yeah. there were some hot meetings in yeah, there. Right. Mm. But uh, yes, that was the old Union School. It was uh, located right there at mm -hmm. Allendale and 202. Um, you got a chance to attend those meetings? A lot of them. Did you? I think that was when I fell in love with politics by going there and arguing for things and trying to stop things like the golf course. I said, I look in my files and I see where Bob and I started fighting with other people in 1964. So I say, now look, we held on to it all that time. It was inevitable it was going to go. I never thought it would go this big, but uh, we fought for a long, long time. We wanted the township to buy it. Yeah, I can recall that. I remember that. Yeah. And it was for a heck of a lot less than it went for. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, just a couple of million dollars is all mm -hmm. we wanted at the time. Mm -hmm. It seemed, seemed like a big figure at the time. Mm -hmm. Sure. But, uh, but uh, it was a chump change compared to what, they, what they're what looking they at right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, can you remember any other uh, interesting things in terms of uh, the evolving mm. uh, of Upper Marion? Uh, that took well, place in, the, in your discussions in the township? I remember uh, when Chief Beecraft was the chief. Mm -hmm. When we moved here, you, we only had one policeman. That was all. Right. I guess he used to ride around in his car or whatever. <laughs> but of course, we've watched the police force grow to, they must have almost 50 members by now. Probably. So of course, we've watched all that going on. Watched both the schools being rebuilt and et cetera. And you know, a lot of sad things. I always promised myself I would never say in the good old days, because my mother was always saying that and my aunts. But in a lot of ways, <laughs> they were the good old days when I think of some things, because I used to be able to run over the school in five minutes along right. 202, but now you could never do that. You couldn't get out of the street in five minutes. But uh, I forgot what I was going to tell you now, darn it. Um, you'll have to chip this one. Uh, the good old days. Does that remind me of? Yeah. Also, another thing I think is very sad um, is that there are no clubs anymore. I mean, every, all the men belong to a club. You're either in the Rotary, Rotary or the whatever. And we still belong, thank God, to the Optimist Club. Yeah. And, uh, and I, but we can see that shrinking because new people, young people just don't want to be involved for some reason. I don't know what it is. And all the Optimist Club's about is kids doing things for kids. Mm -hmm. We run these contests and fun things like that. And through them we had, um, or through Jack Trinsey, I should say, he brought a Russian high school rowing team over here, girls and boys. And how he ever pulled it off, I'll never know. What year was that? That was in, um, I had that written down, I'm trying to think what it was. It was, I would say it was in the 70s. In the 1970s. But uh, they all belonged to the rowing association, their kids either rude or whatever. And he called one night and said the Russians were going to be arriving. We knew him through the Optimist Club. And the one coach announced when they got here, there were three coaches, that he wanted to stay in an American home. Well, at that point, they'd arranged for all the rowers to stay in homes all over the township. But he never dreamt a coach was going to say that. And two of them stayed in the Sheridan. And he called us, Bob, up and said, would you guys be willing to take a 
Russian coach doesn't speak much English. <laughs> and we said, oh, sure, whatever. And he was absolutely fascinating. And he didn't speak much English. His name was Igor. And but we had a very wonderful time with them. Mm. They came and swam in our pool every afternoon, the three coaches. Mm -hmm. And it was a marvelous experience to watch those kids. How long did they stay with you? I'm sorry. How long did he stay with you? He was there a week with us, yeah. Maybe at least five days, if not seven. Really, but then when he first got there, he said, called me aside. He didn't call me Joe Rose. He called me Rose. And I said to Bob, I almost melt when he says that. <laughs> I mean, just the way he drooled it out, you know. But he said, I have some something I have to hide. Could you hide something for me? And I said, Yes, yeah, sure. And he said, It's money. I thought, my God. So we went upstairs and came back down again with this humongous wad of American money. And I took him into my bed, our master bedroom, and we had a bench built into the window. I used to keep little houses on it. And I said, Igor, this never gets opened by anybody. And I moved the house aside and we opened it up. It was all cedar lined and he hid the money in there. And I said, Bob, don't open it. Don't look at it. I don't want your fingerprints going home to Russia on that money. <laughs> <laughs> but they used it and they bought loads of electrical equipment, um, stereos and speakers and uh, oh, radar things you put in your right. car. And then Bob wrapped them all up and they said, don't worry, they won't check our stuff. They don't do that. But sure enough, they did at the airport. <laughs> but then they were supposed to leave one morning and the buses were not there. Jack was going to take them down to the shore because the children had never seen an ocean. Oh, no. And he... The buses didn't come. You had a cold water bus line. And they said, gee, we had it mixed up. We thought you wanted to come tonight. It's seven. So somebody called and said, Clifton's, would you mind having the kids all over your pool? <laughs> we have lots of food left over from the two picnics yeah. they'd had. And they all came over to our house and got in the pool. So they were, it was a fascinating experience. It really was. Yeah. Who did the... Do you recall uh, who they were? They rode against while they were here? They rode against Upper Marion. And... Needless to say, they beat them terribly. <laughs> but the kids were very charming. And some of them, you know, they all could speak some English. Right. But it was quite a fascinating experience. Yeah. What else was I going to tell you about Uchu Tuchi? Well, I also served on the Zodi Hearing Board for one term. Oh, did you? Which I loved the pieces. And when I didn't get reappointed, that was when Bob decided, I'm going to run for supervisor. And he did. Mm -hmm. He was so mad that they, it was a political thing. But uh, that was when he ran for supervisor, right. and he enjoyed that, too. What year was that, do you recall? Um, on, on the Zerny Hearing Board? That had to be in the 70s, because Bob went on the, the uh, supervisor in 80. So it was around somewhere in the 70s there, yeah. with Bill Whitmore and Justice Barber. Right. Yeah. So and that's a fascinating board. It is. It really is, yeah. 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 I love that. I had uh, some big challenges. Mm-hmm. Well, it used to be cute when these big shot lawyers would come in uh, with a client. Mm -hmm. They were fast, fast, fast. They would hardly get the question out and the guy would partly answer it and he'd be on the next question. But when the little people in Upper Marion came in, just a husband and wife and they wanted to put a porch on, they had to come up and sit up front, which I think scared them half to death. They'd just keep looking at me because they were afraid to look anywhere else. <laughs> I'll look at this mother type. <laughs> and present their case and, right. you know, most of the times they always got it passed. Right. Really. How many years were you on that board? Three years. It's a three-year three. term. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. The, um, <clears throat> any, what were, what were your big item at, at that time? Uh, oh, our biggest as... item was the, uh, the trash um, down in, uh, the people collect our trash in the township, not O'Hara, but um, they're, down in Sweden there by the river. Okay. Yeah, terrible, I can't think of anything. But that was a case of, they wanted to build that down there and do the township trash. Mm -hmm. And we turned them down and they took us to court and they won it. So it was sort of difficult. Once they win, then you can't put too many restrictions on it because they've mm -hmm. won the court's permission. Then you're kind of, right. your hands are tied. But we're, that was we're, one sort of looking, we're sort of looking at the same thing right now, aren't we? With the, we with certainly the, are. With the golf course. And I don't know how we can do much about that, mm -hmm. except say we held on to it all these mm -hmm. years. 
It's very mm -hmm. sad that it has to go. We have people come now from New York. I've heard this right. story from the golf people that come there to play golf. Drive from New York in the morning mm -hmm. to go over there and play mm -hmm. golf. <laughs> yeah, stay overnight. Yeah, has some charm. Has uh -huh. some charm. Mm -hmm. Good. All right. Now you said you were a committee woman. Yes, I was. Let's talk yeah. about that. I just fell in love with politics and doing the fight for the golf course and going to the supervisors' meetings. And then I was asked to run for the committee woman, which piece of cake I did. What's a committee woman do? Um, you keep abreast all the time of who's moving. When you see a sales sign on a house, you've got to watch for that to come down and go register people. And you deal with the county who really can get rid of they get rid of you if they would want to. And you of course have meetings usually once a month. And then you put newsletters out to your district. And mine was just Bob White and Colonial Village, that Roberts area there. Mm -hmm. And then you work darn hard on election day. You're not supposed to ever leave the poll to get somebody elected. So we did that for years through some awful weather sometimes. <laughs> but uh, the uh well, in the selection of individuals who are going to be uh, supported by the, by the party, uh, uh, how's that all work? Well, the party has a night. They're going to listen to the candidates, prospective candidates, and they interview them and ask questions. And then everybody's got to leave the room except the committee people. And then they vote. And whoever gets the most votes gets the endorsement. Mm -hmm. But it's often the case that some of the committee people don't work for that person anyway. Mm -hmm. They still go off and do their own thing. But this time, both endorsed supervisor candidates got elected, so that was fine. But we've had some lovely battles on that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> How many committee people are there? In the There's uh, 28. 28. Mm -hmm. is, um, is, uh, is there a man and a woman from each yes. district? Yes, but now it doesn't have to be that anymore. I think one of the districts has gone that way and has two men. Mm -hmm. But uh, mostly it's always a man and a woman, yes. Right. Yeah. So the woman does all the work and the man right. okays it and right. all. So you're saying there are, four, there are 14 districts here in Upper Mary? Mm hmm. And we're the only ones in all of Montgomery County that have names. The other areas all have a pot sum would be 1 1, 1 2, 1 3. Mm -hmm. But and the, the uh, courthouse election board often asks us. Wouldn't we like to change? We're the only ones that have Candlebrook and Belmont and Roberts and two golfs and so forth. Well, we don't a, want to change. No, it makes a little more sense. Uh, mm -hmm. People know where Belmont yeah. is and right. where Roberts yes. is and mm -hmm. Candlebrook is and so on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. But I enjoyed every minute I was a committee woman. It's always was like, like having a party and everybody comes to it, especially at a presidential election. And you don't have to clean up. When it's over, you just take down the numbers and walk out. <laughs> Somebody else cleans up. So uh, you did that for how many years now? 26 years. 26 years. Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah. And I remember time standing out there that on that concrete outside of Robert School, and I would be numb up to my knees. My feet and my legs were so cold standing on that concrete. Well, uh, election, uh, on election day, you get an early start. What's the start about? 7 a.m. Seven, seven to 8 p.m. Mm -hmm. 8 p.m. Yep. Okay, it's 13 and hours. there's no excuse for getting, what was it, 20 some percent of your voters out. That was terrible. Mm -hmm. But it's always that way the year after a presidential. Right. I think we put so much of ourselves into it that you just think, I'm not going to vote. <laughs> I'll just stay home. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it takes a lot of work, a lot of effort on mm -hmm. those, uh, those, those election days. Oh, it does. That day, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. But it's worth it. I really did love it. It's a lot of fun. Well, it's, the, it's an important part of what goes on in our community, mm -hmm. the, the, the role of a committee person. The, the way things are, speaking of that, the way things are going, I just wonder, I, it seems to me that the younger generation doesn't want to give of themselves. That's why they don't belong to any of these clubs anymore. You wouldn't, we had so many friends in the Rotary, and uh, I think that's what makes you, have, you can't miss a meeting no matter where you are. Yeah. You've got to find one in San Francisco right. or whatever. And all those other clubs were really thriving. But young people today, their kids are so involved in things that they don't have time to do that for some strange reason. Well, uh, of course, many women are working now. Yes, yes. And, See, I never worked until yeah. I felt like it. Yeah. 
and I mean, it didn't work because I had to. Um, income wasn't a factor. It was uh, something you enjoyed doing probably more than, mm -hmm. than anything else. Uh, but uh, I noticed uh, I was active in scouting over the years. And as the women became more involved with work, there was less opportunity for the, the men mm -hmm. and the women to take part in, 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 mm -hmm. in, the, in the program with their children. They, become, they just didn't have the hours in mm -hmm. order to be able to put in there. We have a Colonial Village Women's Club that started in 1932. And this last year, they couldn't get anybody to be president. So it's just going to die. Well, what a shame. It is. Well, all the areas had civic associations. Right. That's how another way we got involved in politics. Because right. Bob was like the president of Colonial Village and the, all the groups would get together, the presidents, and mm -hmm. talk about the conditions and whatever. But it seems like people just don't want to belong to things today. Now, you should know the answer to that. You dealt with these kids. <laughs> Well, it just it demands on your time. It just uh, gets stretched thinner and thinner. Well, still, yeah. you should want to share some of your time. That's, that's true. Put it back a, into the community. It's important. Mm. It's important. You're right. My father used to always lecture us, and he would always say, Now remember, never be a taker. Always be a giver. Always give some of yourself back. Okay, Dad. That's a great philosophy. So, well, that's the way he felt. He was a terrific person. Really, the uh, well, tell us uh, somewhat uh, some more about the uh, what was the what was the uh, the plaza like when you moved here in nineteen fifty three? Oh, the plaza wasn't there. Nothing. No, no, nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. nothing. Two huge fields were there, mm -hmm. one on each side there, and uh, were they farms or were they were they farm fields or were they? No, just, we used uh, to have a circus come to town. Oh, did you? And then tell circus came that. and they put their tents up on that property there. Mm -hmm. And I don't know the township motor first or whatever, but it was just fields. Mm -hmm. I remember one day when we lost the fight over that, um, my son, youngest son, Jim, said, will you take me over to, to uh, MDP and let me take a picture of the fields? And I said, what for? And he said, I want to remember what they used to look like before they put this plaza there. But no, the plaza was not there then. <laughs> I forget the year the plaza was built, but... Yeah. Uh, it was there then. Well, go back a second and uh, tell us a little about that circus. Can you remember anything about the circus that came to town? Oh, it was a little circus. I remember that. It was nothing like Barnum and Bailey. Right. But it had all kinds of neat things, jugglers and clowns and crazy cars that nine people got out of and only really was built for two and, mm -hmm. you know, silly things like you see at the circus. And they had high wire acts, mm -hmm. etc. And we used to have a drive-in. That was on the other part of that lot. Tell us about the drive-in. <laughs> We used, I took kids there a lot because my husband did travel right. to, when he was on the association work. And uh, I remember one of the kids went out to get something and they came back and they said, you know what, Mom? We were waiting for the next show to come on or whatever. They said, there's all rats down there. And I said, rats? Yep, there's rats down there. I said, where? He said, over where they dumped the trash. Well, I just about died. So I got over out of the car and walked over and sure enough, there was rats scurrying all around. So you knew where I was the next day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when I worked at American Baptist, speaking of rats, mm -hmm. um, I worked at American Baptist after Drew was in second grade. I think I went down over there and worked half a day. And I was coming in one morning. I had my own hours. I did something that could be done anytime. Mm -hmm. And I was pulled my car in. I thought, what are those buses doing there? Two big SEPTA buses. We never see SEPTA buses out here. What are they doing? So I pulled the car over on the driveway and I got out and I thought, what are they doing? And with that, the doors opened on the buses and all these men came out and they climbed up and crunched the fence down. It was a wire fence all the way around it. And I was going to march over there and tell them off. And I started across the street and I was going to really tell them off. I didn't know who they were, but a police car pulled up and said, where are you going? I said, I'm going over there and tell those men they can't go over that fence. And he said, do you work here? And I said, yes. He said, would you be a favor? Would you get in the building? <laughs> and with that, they started putting the equipment on fire. Oh, yeah. And I knew the person who that equipment belonged to. And that really made me mad. And down the street came the fire engines. But they wouldn't let them go in because the policeman said to me, if I let those trucks in there, 
they'll burn those trucks up. And that was all. Mm -hmm. We watched it out the windows right. after that. Who, who was the policeman, Jack Brennan? Yeah, it could have been Jack Brennan. Mm -hmm. I wonder if he remembers that. Oh yeah, he told me about that. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. <laughs> He told me about that incident, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. I had a chance of course, to... my husband could have killed me. He was saying, I'm telling you, that mouth of yours is going to get you in trouble someday. But the union workers did not like that it was not a union job. Right. And they were going to change things around. Right. But that they was, didn't. That was... Uh, <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you but, remember? Were you here then? When that... Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. I recall. Yeah. Um, Joan was very involved in that also, in terms of mm -hmm. uh, having to... To deal with that problem, I think she was on the Board of Supervisors. Oh, was she then on that? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that hotel's not all that ancient. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. The, um, do you remember any of the movies you saw at the, at the, uh, the drive-in movie? No. Sorry. No? <laughs> Can't no, recall I it? remember movies were great in those days because yeah. there, was, there was no ratings on them at all. Right. You saw somebody walking upstairs and you... Kids said, oh, they're going to bed. <laughs> but uh, it's sad things that kids right. see nowadays. Right. And the way they sit in front of the computer all the time, play those games. Uh -huh. And now there's a new gadget, which my grandson just got, that he can play a game with a boy in another house somewhere. And it'll be on the screen. They oh. each have this gadget. Yeah. Uh -huh. I thought, my God. When are these kids going to get fresh air? Yeah. For well, that's, well, that's a real, a real <laughs> concern. Yeah. You're right. Because we yeah. used to love to play outside. They'd kick the can and all kinds of crazy mm -hmm. games. Any other games you can think of? No, that one pops into my mind, oh. kick the can. Right. But we had we always played it. Well, we used to have these fields. Right. And we'd spend a lot of time in the field because down at the bottom was a quite wide creek. Mm -hmm. And the spring, as we knew would happen, we would go down and catch the tadpoles and bring them home in a big mayonnaise jar or whatever. And when they got all their legs, you could start to tell when the leg was going to pop out. Yeah. Then we had to take them back to the creek. Yeah. That's a, it must be Abrams Run. <coughs> the jury no, this was, up, this was when we lived in on Star Street. I see. Yeah, but I'm sure they would find uh, tadpoles in Abrams Run. Yeah, is it uh, went mm -hmm. through that uh, area. Well, <clears throat> what's the, do you recall the first building that went up in the plaza? The first story? Do I recall the first building? J.C. Penney's? Could be. Yeah. See, the earliest one I remember. Well, that of course you Gimbals. Yeah. Well, it was Corvettes and Pennies and the Acme were the big stores. Mm -hmm. in, in there the were going to be two developments. Yeah. One was going to have an Acme and one was going to have something else. And that was kind of what we were fighting. And then the, the one, the plaza survived. Right. And they didn't let the other builder do that. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, as time went on, Mike, and now we're going to have this shopping center and this new golf course development. So I'm wondering what that'll do to the mm -hmm. plaza. Well, I don't think it'll hurt them really that much. People come from all over to go to the plaza. The, that, there was a little section of uh, strip, a, sort of a strip mall right there on, uh, on 202 where Mrs. Suplee had her house. Mm, yes, sure. Do, do you recall those? Yeah, but I don't remember where the stores were, but I know, <laughs> I know that a little building that somebody used to live in once like it looked like a wooden thing with maybe a bedroom and a kitchen, whatever. They turned that into the dirty bookstore. Right. And we citizens were objecting to that. And I remember we had to be able to testify that we saw it. So uh, Marilyn uh, Lazapina and I went down. Right. She lives over on Valley Forge Road. And I would say to her, just pick any magazine up and go through it fast. Let's get out of there. <laughs> well, the... As I recall, there was a there was a pharmacy there. Oh yes, oh, I knew that pharmacist well. And, yeah, uh, the drugstore, my right. God. And, yeah. Uh, um, now it's mattresses and whatever. Right. Uh, a ski shop. Right. And uh, there was a small medical building there. Do you recall that? The small no. medical building. No, I don't remember that part. Yeah, it was. It was uh, almost looked like a little. Uh, it was a little two-story building, on. Uh, uh, of course, that building was built on sort of a slope so that the, mm -hmm. there was a, a, a ground level entrance in the rear and a ground level entrance in the front because mm -hmm. there were two different levels. Oh. And, the, and the radiologist was on one floor and uh, on the other floor uh, was the orthopedist, I think. Mm -hmm. okay. Oh, I'll be yeah. darn. Yeah. 
And they leave and go to the medical building when it was built? Yes, yeah, mm -hmm. they did. Yeah, that was a wonderful thing. I liked that. Yeah. Because my doctor was in there, Dr. Cryan, and, uh, uh -huh. and the kid, of course, the pediatricians were in there for the yeah. kids. And, right. and that was remember, great. You remember Gene Cryan? Tell us a little bit about Gene Cryan. Uh, about Gene Fine. Cryan. Oh, Dr. Cryan. Yes. Oh, he was, he was wonderful. He used to always say to me, you know, Jeroz, there's an island somewhere where they judge your beauty by how fat you are. And I think you and I ought to go there. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was always saying to me, you really should lose weight. And I said, my grandmother was fat. My mother was fat. I try, I try. <laughs> but, oh, he was wonderful. Yeah. And his sister-in-law was his nurse. She worked for him there. Right. I remember one day I was over there getting something, sent me down for a blood test. And she phoned down and said, tell Jeroz to come back up here. And uh, I said, okay. So I did what for? I went up and she said, uh, I was just filling out these forms. And Dr. Crine said to me, how old is Jeroz now? And she said, oh, I think she's about 42. And I said, I am not. I'm. She said, when I looked at your birth date, I thought, oh, my God. I said, no, she's in her 50s. And I've always loved my age, always. Mm -hmm. And I used to always say, listen, I worked my tail off to get this old. <laughs> Don't make me younger. Because I think every age is fun. Right. Well, every age, really? has, its, yeah. every age has its positive things about it. Yes, yeah. Right. Sure, being old, old. I remember one time I was in an automobile accident with Bob. We were engaged down in uh, Bryn Mawr. And a car came through a traffic light and hit our convertible. Mm -hmm. And the convertible went around and around. Mm -hmm. And it was coming around and the second time. And the door flew open. And I had a coat on with a silk lining on it. And I just slid right across the street out onto the pavement. And then I saw the car coming around. And I thought, well, you better get up and move. And of course, when the car stopped, Bob was screaming, Jeroz, Jeroz, darling, darling, where are you? And I remember sitting there in the rain just grinning. <laughs> Isn't that cute? <laughs> was, well, apparently you weren't too, too hurt. I, I wasn't. I was scuffed and bumped, but nothing important. But I remember when the, my father-in-law said, was it an old man? And Bob said, no, he was young. And I said, he was not young. He was 35. <laughs> and to me, that was old. <laughs> so it all depends on it. Yeah, you can you wake looking? up in the morning, your eyes open, your legs are moving mm -hmm. away. Don't complain. Right. Yeah. Right. The um, well, the, the in the plaza, the early ones I remember is you mentioned pennies mm -hmm. and, and uh, gimbals and gimbals and we're out of business and corvettes. Oh yes, corvettes. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and and an acme there. Mm -hmm. Oh, the acme market was the one that won the battle of mm -hmm. the two thingamajiggers. Yeah, right. And uh, when I came in the township, they were just building Wanamakers. Oh. Mm -hmm. Do you recall that? Well, yes, that was the classy store we had, Wanamakers, right. yeah. And now we uh, have stores that we can't even afford to go into. <laughs> but yeah, it's really funny how the world comes around. <laughs> What's classy is not classy anymore. And yeah, we, we, we miss some of those old names, though. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. And Strawberry Jean Clothiers isn't really Strawberry anymore. No. Because I got a bill and I said to Bob, this says... Uh, Oh, what is that store? Plymouth Crolls or something like that. Right. Okay. And I said, I've never been in that store in my life. He said, that's who bought Strawbridge's. I said, well, they could have left me know. I was wondering what these <laughs> things were on there. But yes, they did. Yeah, they keep changing their billing systems. And of mm -hmm. course, uh, these names come and go. Yes, yeah. they do. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. But um, <clears throat> were, were you, uh, when you were on the zoning board, were any of these, uh, were any of the other stores uh, uh, part of that uh, No, most of them didn't come before us. They really didn't. Yeah. We had the Hilton over there a lot when they wanted to put that garage, underground garage up and all. And, uh, I've saved all those papers from then. Mm -hmm. And I have a big notebook with all the supervisors' meetings. In oh, them, do you? With the agendas. Uh -huh. And I like to go through them and you think, gee, was that that long ago? When you see some of the things they discussed right. that night. Right. You think, wow, that was really long ago. Yeah. Hold on to that. Yeah. I, yeah, I should give it to the library. Yeah. Although I used to write my comments about people on the backs of the pages. So. Oh, oh. <laughs> Nobody would know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. We yeah. usually had good supervisors, yeah. really. 
I know my brother was, as I told you, a supervisor in uh, Lower uh, Province Township. Mm-hmm. And he used to go to other townships when they were talking about expanding their board to five. Mm-hmm. And he said to them, don't do that. I've met a lot of those people that have five-man boards, and you end up with three good ones and two terrible ones. So he said, stick with your three. So if you went back in history, you would uh, see it was true. <laughs> Element of truth there. Okay. <laughs> uh, the, um, well, I think when we, when in the 1960s, there probably was a three-man board at that time. Mm-hmm. Do you recall when we changed to a... No, I don't recall the exact date. Right. Or even who the first two ads were that they added on to it. I don't remember who they were. Even Bob would remember. He's got a tremendous memory. I almost didn't marry him for that reason. (laughs) (laughs) They were talking about the first dirigible. We were going on a trip to the mountains with friends from our drama tours we used to belong to. And somebody said, remember the name of that thing? And Bob said, yes, and the pilot was so-and-so. I thought, I'm not going to marry this guy. He's too damn smart. I thought, that would drive me crazy. But I did it anyway. <laughs> and he still remembers. His memory is tremendous. Really. So he would probably remember who those first two that got added on. Yeah, we've had some funny ones like John Kapinski. And, you know, we've had some, bless his heart. Right. Yeah, had some funny ones. The, the um, of course, uh, one of the ones that were deeply involved here was Jack Chinsey. You remember Jack, of course. Jack Trinsey? Yeah. Yeah, he was the one that brought the Russian rowers over. Right. Oh, yeah, we knew Jack very well. Fascinating person. He could keep a room spellbound. But he needed a manager. That was his problem. His ideas were too big for his pocketbook. and uh, He was going to build a bridge over the river and build his apartment house there on that island. Oh, on Barbados Island? Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. His only hearing board heard those cases. And he would get so red and so excited that I kept thinking, I'm going to see that guy have a heart attack someday. But, uh, yeah, that was, he did have big ideas, but he was still fascinating to talk to about his Catholic school days and how he fell in love with the cello. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, he heard this music one day. He said, and he went down the hall to see what it was. And there sat a, a priest, a brother, I think they called them, mm-hmm. in, those private, in those schools. And he was sitting playing this enormous thing. So Jack started going up a couple of afternoons, and he taught Jack how to play. And he always played the cello, which I never knew. He had a big cello of his own. Right. <laughs> yep. Well, of course, Jack was, uh, was a, uh, a national scholar. Yes. An Olympic scholar. Uh-huh. Fascinating and, background, yeah. yeah. He and uh, Jack Kelly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. We're, we're we're good friends, mm-hmm. and of course Very the other friends. the other thing you remember at uh, uh, Trinzi besides his boating was uh, Rebel Hill. Oh yes, you remember anything about Rebel Hill? Oh, I remember it very well when he got permission to build them up there. And I remember one time our wonderful uh, code enforcement officer who now works for Conshohocken. He's got a real short last name like Kerr or something. Um, he told me that one of Jack's problems was. He put the best of everything in them, in those apartments. The best wood and this and that. He didn't have to be doing that. And he said, I was there one lady, and one day a lady came in and said, well, in my apartment where I've lived for a long time, the bathroom's on this side. And Jack said, I'll move it. And he said, you can't do things like that and make money. But he was just too generous. <laughs> but, oh, I remember he did Rebel Hill. Yes, indeed. Yeah, that yeah. was a long struggle. Mm-hmm. Oh, my, yes. Ah, yes. And did you ever go up there and see the view from up there? I've done it, but it hasn't been recently. But I have. No, I haven't gone up recently either. But, uh, but I don't think anyone has, anyone has blocked the view yet. No, but they, yeah. they have a great view. I know that. Mm-hmm. Yes, they sure do. Quite, quite the distance here. Up on top of everything. Mm. The yep. um, course Gulf Mills is always... Well, has gone undergone a lot of changes mm-hmm. over the years. Yeah. The turnpike going over the expressway going over top of them. Okay, was was the expressway in in place? Uh, no, the expressway and the turnpike were not in when we first moved okay. to Colonial Village. But uh, then came the turnpike; they brought it all the way into here. And I always say to Bob, "Why didn't they stop it around Pottstown? Because that's what caused the boom of Upper Marion was the turnpike. 
ending here. Mm. And then, of course, they built the School Expressway down right. in Philadelphia. Right. So and that's when, you know, everybody just wanted to have a, a business or a company or something in Upper Marion. Mm -hmm. It was so convenient to get in and out of, and little did they know <laughs> how crowded it was going to get. <laughs> um, Excuse me. The, um, um, do you remember during that, that construction period what it was like? Oh, well, well what, what it was like, it was the hugest equipment I ever saw. We took our kids over and let them stand up on these things that had wheels as high as this room. Huge, moving all that earth. And it was, you, you just never saw stuff like that before. Not in your, somebody's yard or anything. And they got a kick out of all that going over. We'd go over on Sunday morning when it was just dead quiet mm -hmm. and let them watch the way things had been moved around and changed and whatever. Yo, know, that was fascinating. It was also very dirty. Because being in Clone Village, you know, you, you, all of a sudden you think, look at the dirt on that windowsill. <laughs> and you finally realize that it was from all the dirt, earth moving over there. But, and that's when we started having to with our cesspools. Oh. Because the water had nowhere to go. Once the, the turnpikes were put in. That's what the, the, the teacher at school told me. Anyway, mm -hmm. one of the kids' teachers said that once you start pouring that macadam, you're disturbing the ways of nature. Right, and I'm sure that changed a lot of things. Well, how, how <clears throat> Colonial Village is roughly how far would you say from from the Turnpike or the Expressway? Two miles. Two miles. Yeah, yeah or maybe it's even less than two miles. Mm -hmm. It's very close. I just go up Warner Road and down Little Guthrie, and I'm in the Plaza. It's very close, but I don't go there very often. No. <laughs> Except when I had my bypass, uh -huh. I learned the wonderful thing that everybody goes to the Plaza. It's seven o'clock in the morning and walks. Yeah. And it was wonderful. Stores are all closed. And you see the same people every day right. and wave and smile and things like that. Do a little window shopping and exercise at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bob would always be saying, how do all these women's stores survive? It seemed like every other store would be a women's, you know, for the teenage group. That, right. How do they survive? Because I'm sure the rent's high too. Oh, yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> how do they survive? Fine. Well, most of them have a chain of stores. Right. And I think that's how, like, the camera shop, they don't do a lot of business. They're carried by the other camera shops that are on curbside shopping. That's what I like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I'm going to go to the store. I want to pull up to it. <laughs> oh. But I do remember that whole thing being built. Absolutely. And, of course, uh, later on, my, uh, beside the, <clears throat> the plaza, we had the court. Oh yeah, then the court came next. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What year? Do you recall what year the court came in? No, I don't, the years. I'm sorry. I'm. Uh, I've stashed that stuff away forever. <laughs> but as I said, Bob would know. He'll kill me for not remembering. But no, I don't. But it was. Um, it was a few years afterward, right. and then they somehow got permission to do that, and they didn't have the store to compete with Acme, because mm -hmm. there was going to be two stores, two grocery stores, but they did change that part of it at least. And we fought those um, apartments being built up on 202 like a tiger, where the movie theater used to be, the bowling alley, and they built those apartments all along there. Yes. Because that was zone residential, and we didn't want those apartments there, but it... Yeah. You're talking about in that area around the Valley Ford Shopping Center. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. we put those apartments all over the hills there. But we survived that too, so... We'll survive the golf course developing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The um, Valley Ford Shopping Center, <clears throat> of course, is a smaller center mm -hmm. uh, than, than the plaza. Oh, yes. I used to shop there all the time. Food shop. Food shop. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't think that there's not a, well, the Acme's down the street right now. Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, but it used to be there, yeah. It used to be in that, yeah. right there in that Now in it's that Bed Bath & Beyond or something. That's right, that's mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Bob had a, a Ford convertible. Yeah. And then uh, my father died of a heart attack in 19, when he was 52 years old. And then my mother had a Cadillac and this beautiful black and white Mercury. And she gave it to me, or gave it to us, mm -hmm. I should say. Right. And then I finally had a car of my own. Because if I wanted a car for it, I had to put three kids in snowsuits and drive him to Wayne. So, oh yeah, that was, I loved that car. And we drove that till it was a hole in the, right through the floorboards in the front seat 
and my kids would sit up there and say, look, you can see the road gone by. <laughs> so I have gotten a new car since then. <laughs> Do you remember what kind of car it was? It was a Mercury. A Mercury. Uh -huh, a black oh, and white Mercury. Black and white Mercury. Half and half, yeah. Two-tone. Yes, right? oh, I love that car. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think everybody falls in love with their cars. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and uh, did, what was your next car after that? Um, well, let me see. I don't remember what was our, our next car. I think we had the, well, we, oh, I know what we got, an American Motors car, and it was a station wagon. It was orange. Orange. And we bought it way out in Philadelphia somewhere. And I loved the way it looked under the street lights, under the, the lights in the, the lot. Right. Oh, it looks so beautiful. But uh, Minnie Davis was a dear friend of mine. She always said, uh, that car looks to me like it's pregnant. <laughs> because it was, it was sort of just a rattle fat body. But I did love that car. And then we, got, we bought stocks off of uh, when my son-in-law got involved in the company. And we made a heck of a lot of money in the beginning. And up till the whole mm -hmm. thing went bust. And Bob said, why don't we take the money out of the stock market and buy you a car? And I said, fine. So we bought me a, a, a Chrysler uh, Concorde, which I have today. Right. It's green, beautiful shade of green. And one day, I, my daughter got me one of those magnifying things, as the Eagles head, mm -hmm. the Eagles team. Right. And I, it sticks to the side of my car. And I went over to Dr. Batafrana's office, and I jumped out of the car. And they were all excited when I came in. I said, what's the matter? And she said, well, this patient was just going out the door. And she said, oh, my God, there's somebody here from the Eagles. They've got an Eagles emblem on the car. I wonder who it is. And it was me. <laughs> so, of course, she was very disappointed. <laughs> well, we had an Eagles yeah. fan, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, she really did. <laughs> and then uh, Bob's, my daughter, Jo Rose, bought her father a Chrysler Sebring convertible mm -hmm. for his birthday, which was, you should have seen that. That day he was speechless, absolutely speechless. Yeah. But she idolized her father, absolutely. Yeah. Bob loves Bob loves convertibles, obviously. Yes, he started out with a convertible. <laughs> yeah, and he's always loved convertibles. I don't. I would much rather have my. Well, yeah, they're sure. You know, it's sort of windy. Uh -huh. You're driving fast, and I don't like that noise. And but we don't put the top down. <laughs> but no, no, no. He has a yeah. nice convertible now, which he because have this little hat on and lets the hair blow through his ears. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, we go to. We always went to Stone Harbor when our children were little, and we would go down there. And I stayed in some dumps, I'll tell you. But I wanted my children to always know what being at the shore was like, because I always did. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, we stayed in some really creepy places on that busy Second Avenue. It wasn't much busier now, but they got to go to the shore two weeks of every summer. So my cousin said to me, "Jerose, we only go for one week." But we go out to dinner every night. And I said, nope. I went two weeks and I'll cook. I didn't <laughs> okay. mind that at all. <laughs> Not a problem. But no, the kids loved it. I was considered the Jersey Shore hours anyway. It only takes us, what, two hours and five minutes to get there. So. That's about right. And now Bob and I have found a back way to go. We don't go on the, field of, uh, the Atlantic City Expressway. We found a way to go that's in the... Go through... Through uh, the country. Yeah. yeah. Go through the... Uh, yeah, uh, so we love Commodore that. Commodore Barry Bridge. Yes, you're right. That's the one. Three twenty-two. <laughs> yes, yes. Bob writes for the um, um, Seven Mile Beach paper, uh -huh. and uh, he's just finishing a story. Will be in this month's and then two months from now about the railroads and what happened to them. Let's go to the seashore and all. Right. And then at the end of the article, he says something about we don't come down the expressway. We found a back road, but I'm not going to tell anybody because we like it with no cars on it. <laughs> I said, what a dirty trick. To do that. I think I'm on the same road as you are. <laughs> oh, lots of people probably figured it out. Yeah, right. But it is fun to just look at those houses, how they build them so far off the street, those beautiful homes, and etc. Yeah, all through that farm country. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, so yeah that's I, really I fun. I think it's 358. I think that's... I forget. I have things written down. Down 55. Yeah. That way. I thought one day if I have to go by myself, I don't know if I'll be able to do it, but I probably could. The uh, I grew up in South Jersey. Oh, did you when, really? When I was, when I was very, very young, okay, uh -huh. like preschool actually, but uh, but uh, in, a, in a little town called Clayton, mm -hmm. and uh, 
Joan and I went back to see that, uh, uh -huh. that town recently. Is it still little? It hasn't changed very much. In, You're kidding. In, in 50 years. So. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's what I always loved about Montclair, because when my, my brother bought my mother's, my oh, parents' house, oh. and he lived there until he died. Um, and I I'd always grew up there, the same houses are there, same old farmhouses. Mm -hmm. That hasn't changed much at all, except now they have mail delivery. You don't have to go down after your mail. Right. So they do have <laughs> mail delivery. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, the, of all the changes you've seen here in Upper Marion over the years, <clears throat> what do you think has been the biggest one? Well, it's no doubt the plaza and the court. court. Sure, that just changed everything about the plaza. And I think I did resent it a lot, but when I got to know the owner so well, the man that built it, well, I can't remember his name. He is such a nice guy. Yeah that I didn't resent the plaza anymore. <laughs> he and his wife are just wonderful. Oh, isn't that awful? Can't think of it. Sorry about that. We all go through those little periods of... <laughs> mm. If I run into him somewhere and can't say his name though, whoo, that'd be terrible. Because he is very, he's been good to Upper Marion. Yeah. He built the gazebo that's, mm -hmm. they had the stage and all at the back of the township building. He's been very good to Upper Marion, right. considering. Yeah. The imposition of that plaza. <laughs> but anyway, it's there and it's there. And, uh, well, I guess financially it's, it's been a big shot in the arm as far of as course. Our, yes. our is concerned. Mm-hmm. They just have a nice tax base. Sure enough. It made a big difference as far mm -hmm. as right? Yeah. Otherwise you'd be playing taxes like they do in Tredifferent. And so, yes, it has been a, a mixed blessing for sure. Well, it's brought traffic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it has. And uh, brings a lot of people into the into the township during the daytime. Mm-hmm. Lots. Yep. But uh, as you say, it's been a, a, mm -hmm. an excellent source of funding for the for it the is, township. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we have so many wonderful things here. I mean, this township building and the library, and and now we have new school, new junior high, and mm -hmm. which I have. Bob went through it a hard hat tour. Oh, okay. With. Uh, um, the principal, the uh, administrator, and it's, he said it's going to be beautiful, really. Just two weeks ago, he went through it. Dr. Mancini, mm -hmm. we had him at a dinner, oh. the optimist, yeah. and uh, he said, sure, I'll take you through it. Bob said, it looks so big. He said, oh, come down next Thursday and I'll take you through. So he did. Yes, we have marvelous schools. And thank God we don't have a lot of crime. No, no. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Dr. Mancini is going to be leaving us. Yes, he is, yeah. By the end of this year, yeah. Right. We're going to have a, mm -hmm. a fairly large turnover in school administrators. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the principal. I don't know they're going to search for someone or are they going to raise somebody up into the position? I have no, no idea. idea. No. Not having kids in school, you, you miss all that gossip. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you work at the polls on election right. day. Right. You would believe the gossip I hear. <laughs> yeah, it's a great job. Right. Well, Joe, it was really terrific of you to come by today. Oh, thank you. That's it for this edition of Remember When. Thanks for watching. Until next time and always, remember when. <laughs>